0: Hey, Pastor Zach here from the Grove Church, and I'm just excited that you are either streaming or downloaded a sermon right here from TGC. Um, we're excited that you're here and just excited for you. I pray that it blesses you. But before we do get started, I just one thing I wanna chat with you about, one thing I just wanna really just plead with you that this would not replace you joining in with God's covenant people uh, through the local church. I pray that this would be only supplemental to your growth in Christ, and would in no way replace you joining regularly with God's people, sitting under your pastor and serving your brother and sister in Christ. And so if you're local to TGC, I just want to extend the invitation for you to come and join us. We're here every Sunday, 10 a.m., downtown Spruce Pine, right on Lower Street, we would absolutely love to have you. If you're not local, then I just ask and pray that you would find a local body of believers who love Jesus, preach the Bible, and is a place that you can both serve in and find community with. After all, this is God's plan to push back what's dark in the world. The local church is to be a light and we pray that you would find that. I hope that this sermon blesses you. May God bless you as you listen to the proclamation of His word. Good morning everyone. How are we? Guys, I've been asking the same question for two years. And it's like pulling teeth to get you guys to answer. Um, how are we doing? So good. Hey, next week, that's what we want to hear the first time, I ask. Uh, or to be honest, but I like, want to hear some sort of response. Um, but I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Zach, and this thing is shorter than normal. Um, someone raised it up. But my name's Zach, and I am the pastor here uh, at the Grove Church, and I'm just delighted to be here this morning. Uh, if, you're n- if you're new here uh, and you don't um, know me, I'm just, I'm just so glad you're here. Um, but uh, Adam just read Colossians 2, 1 through 5 for us, and so we'll get there in just a second, but there's a couple things I want to mention. Um, uh, we have that kids, uh, the kids ministry meeting next week, um, and uh, man, we love kids here, as you can hear, uh, you can hear our kids during the service, we love kids. Um, that noise doesn't bother us at all. Um, if it bothers you, I'm sorry, but it doesn't bother our church at all. Uh, we love the sound of uh, new birth and rebirth. Um, so so that's, that's something that we, we celebrate. When I mean, we started in our living room, we had kids running around uh, while, while I was preaching. Just, we had a girl, yeah, so we had kids running around all the time. Someone peed on my couch once um, <laughs> during, during uh, the, the service. So, so yeah, so we, we're totally fine with uh, kids making noise, kids being wiggly in their seats or whatever's going on um but uh but we are having a, a kids ministry meeting because one thing we do want to do is make sure that we're intentional about teaching our children here at the grove about jesus and so um so next week we're going to have a meeting we after church there's going to be food so lunch will be provided um we're going to ha- we're going to chat so if you're a volunteer you, if you're a volunteer you want to volunteer um or you uh have kids um in the kids ministry or you have kids here at all uh we love for you to be there we ask that you would be there so make plans next sunday right after church, stay, um, and we'll, we'll provide lunch. But it's going to be a good time. We're going to kind of unveil um, our vision for what we want our kids' ministry to be like, some changes we're going to make, some tweaks we're going to make. Uh, and we need volunteers, so if you're, you know, a person and you can pass a background check, we need you there. Um, that's <laughs> what's happening now. Uh, we have a lot of kids and not a whole lot of volunteers. So, um, so come next Sunday, um, and we would love for you to be there. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more as, as we get into the sermon about our kids' ministry, too, because uh, it'll come up. But so we're, we're in Colossians chapter 2. We finished chapter 1. took us four weeks. Uh, we'll be in chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, which Adam read for us. So thank you, Adam. Um, but just a quick synopsis of what's happening here. This is a letter written by Paul. Paul is writing a letter to the church in Colossae. These are people he's never met before. Um, but he knows somehow the pastor of this church. His name is Epaphras. Um, And so he's writing this letter in response to some things this church is believing that's not true. They are, um, although it's never explicitly said in here, uh, you know, we can deduce, we can use our Sherlock Holmes uh, skills and deduce based on Paul's arguments that they are adding stuff to the truth of the gospel. Um, They're saying, hey, we love the gospel, but we also kind of like some of this other things too in the culture. We want to make the gospel a little bit more palatable. Uh, we, we want to add in some other things some some other religions, some other culture things. And so adding all that together, what, what would be called religious syncretism. Um, and so Paul's writing in response to that. Um, and so Paul, in, in verses one through five here of chapter two, he, he's going to start to uh, to kind of talk about some of those those uh, arguments, those false things. Um, but, but really, uh, the first thing I want you guys to do is kind of just as we're going throughout this sermon, one of the things I just want you to have in your mind is, is kind of being able to eventually answer this question of, of how would you describe your faith? So, so you have faith, all of us have faith, whether you're a believer or not, we have faith. Uh, everyone who sat down in that chair today, you had faith that wasn't gonna crumble underneath you. Um, so we all have this, we all exercise faith on a daily basis. So thinking about your faith in God, whether your faith is that He doesn't exist or your faith is that he does, or faith, you know, whatever your faith is, um, th- how would you describe it? And so for, for those who are Christians, I want you to really think about uh, how would you describe your faith in Christ? Uh, and, and, and everyone can think about that question together as we kind of go through. But as we read this, uh, we kind of see Paul has this, has this heart for these people. He says in verse 1, he says, For I want you to know... How great a struggle I have for you and for those that lay to see it, for all who have never, who have not seen me face to face. And so Paul has this heart for these people. He has this heart to to serve these people, people he's never seen before. He has this heart that's really just been changed by the gospel. And so the gospel changes our heart. Um, we're going to talk in here that Paul talks about the heart. Uh, again a little bit later but the gospel changes you from the inside out it changes your heart so paul because of the good news of christ has a heart for people he doesn't know he has a heart for people he doesn't know he has this heart because it, to serve these people he's struggling this word struggle is the greek word there uh is the word we get the word agonized from so paul has this agony this he's agonizing for these people that he does not know never met but he agonizes for them why? because he wants to serve them and serve them well. And so why does Paul want to serve these people? Because Paul has been freed up to serve people he doesn't know because he's been served by Christ. And so Christ came to earth, God came down as Jesus and he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And so when we when we really believe and been changed by the idea that Christ has served us, then we're freed up to serve other people because we're not looking for others to serve us anymore because Christ's service to us lacks nothing. And we don't have to look for your spouse to serve you, your kids to serve you, or the person sitting next to you, or the the volunteers in children ministry. They don't have to serve you. Now they do because they want to, but why do they want to do that? Because Christ has served them and they're freed up to serve others. They're not looking for selfish ambition to get people to serve them. Paul, not even taking money from the church, he was a tent maker, not taking money to the church, didn't want anything from these people. He just wanted things for them. Because he was changed by the good news that God came down as a man to serve him. And that changed his heart. So he has this struggle. He has this agony for these people that they would be mature in Christ. And so what is maturity? So we read here, Paul mentioned it last time, that the word of God would be fully known. Um, The mystery hidden for the ages and generations now revealed to the saints. So there's this idea that he wants to present them fully mature. Verse 28 of chapter 1 says, Him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So what is mature? What 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 does it look like to be mature in Christ? That we know Christ, that we know Jesus, that we know him and we want to follow him. Not that we try better or try harder, but we want to know him more. And so that's really just discipleship, right? That we want to know Jesus deeper. We want to know him more. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 I'm just going to read this. You don't have to turn there. Chapter th- 3 says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So this idea of, being, of, being, of knowing Christ and, 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 and seeing him with unveiled face, being able to see God in Jesus... And that changing you from one degree of glory to the next, that you're becoming more and more like Christ. This is discipleship. This is what Paul is agonizing over for these people, um, both in Colossae and Laodicea, which is a a city about nine miles from Colossae. So it's not the same church. It's a different church, but he's, he's saying, I have a heart for them and the city next to you, that they would be mature in Christ, that they would become more and more like Christ as they know him more and more. And so Paul has this agony. He has this desire to serve these people that they would be mature. See, the gospel, and we say this every week, but it's so important. And Paul's going to keep coming back to this. So we're going to keep coming back to this. The gospel doesn't just save us. It matures us. The, the knowledge of Christ in verse, um, in verse 3. Uh, i'm sorry verse two it says that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the uh, all the riches of full assurance and understanding and the knowledge of god's mystery which is christ so he wants them to know the mystery of god which is christ He he wants them to know jesus the gospel the good news of christ doesn't just save us doesn't just make us a people of, of saved people, but it makes us a people who look like Christ. Like it changes us, it matures us. And But we have this understanding somehow here in the culture in which we live in, that, that the Christian culture or, or maybe even broader evangelicalism as a whole, this idea that, man, the gospel saves you and then we move on to deeper things. But there is no deeper things. Like the gospel is the deeper thing, period. There's nothing deeper than the gospel. The fact that you could spend your entire life Trying to wrap your head around the gospel and knowing Christ more and never get there. I mean, it's the deepest thing ever. Like, if you, like, if you, so, man, we have this kids' ministry. Like, I would love for kids just to, like, come to this knowledge uh, of who Christ is in the gospel at, like, five years old. It would be amazing, right? And let's say they lived to 95. So for 90 years, they spent getting to know Christ more and more. And the really cool news is they would never arrive, and wh- why is that good news? Because if you could arrive at a full knowledge of who God is in this life, I'm not sure that's a God you want to worship. A God who you could understand and just know for sure and know everything there is to know about him and everything there is to know. Is that really someone who, who you want to worship? Like you can't, like worshiping someone you know fully, but to have this mystery that you get to know. And yes, you, you fully have, you have a full assurance, you understand it, but man, it becomes more and more real and you understand it more and more and more as time goes on. And so this is the gospel. We don't go deeper than this. We don't, we don't, we're not, it's, it's, it's the mystery that's been revealed to us. We're not, you know, that's why we never, we're not going to have Bible studies of trying to unlock the Bible code or anything like that. Because the, man, it's, it's unlocked. It's Christ. That's it. You go, you go to, you go to Genesis. There's no code to unlock. It's, where's Jesus in Genesis? Where's Jesus in Leviticus? Where's Jesus in Numbers? Where's Jesus in Kings? Where's Jesus in the Psalms? Then the songs of Christ are the Psalms. Like, this is, the gospel is throughout the Bible. And so we're not gonna get to Revelation and we're not gonna try and figure out how the end times. What we're gonna do is someday we'll get to Revelation and we're gonna see where is Jesus in here? How did, what is the gospel of the kingdom being here? What does this look like? That's what Revelation is. Revelation is the revelation of Christ. Not the revelation of end times, but the revelation of Jesus. And so we don't have these, I mean, prophecy's cool, we don't, but we're not gonna have these prophecy conferences where that's what we're talking about all the time. We're talking about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And if we could get to know him and get to know him more and how prophecy talks about Jesus, we'll never, we'll never arrive. But we but we get to keep learning and learning and learning as time goes on. We want to know about christ and so when we read the bible when our kids learn these bible stories they're not learning about um you know you know if you have faith like david you could win the football game in high school against the goliath team what they're learning about is jesus so um there's these cards you could pick up if you have a kid in kids ministry and they're little cards and then you get a little piece of paper uh, and so each week there's a card that corresponds with the, the bible story they're reading so today they're in first kings 18 they're learning about how elijah confronted evil ahab i'm fairly certain of this um and so so it has it it just has everything it has the key passage it has big picture question and the answer so you can you can talk to your kids you can ask your kids a question let's say you don't know the answer we give it to you we make you look super smart parents like you don't have to like be a theologian um or some sort of seminary professor to get this like um how many gods are there there is one true god that's what the kids are learning there's one true god and it is jesus um, it's got the main point for preschoolers that God defeated the prophets of Baal like this is what they're learning they're not learning um, God hears. He, they're learning that God hears his people when we pray that that God is powerful and that Jesus is powerful because he is God's son this is what our kids learn not, not morality or, or pragmatism or like do this and your life will be good but it's about Christ we want our kids to fall in love with who Jesus is and to know him and so we want that for are adults too. And this is hard. Like, this is hard. Paul uses the word struggle. He uses the word agonizing. This is a hard thing to do. And so, I don't want to compare my struggle with Paul's because I've never been shipwrecked. I've been, I've been on some cruises. We've never, been, we've never been shipwrecked. And I know if we keep cruising with Carnival, it's bound to happen sometime. Um, but, man, like, it's hard. It's a struggle. Like Like, for me to pastor this church— there's days where it's just hard. I've, I've gone through periods of just some, some depression, uh, or I've, I've called out to some other, some other pastor friends, and they've kind of helped me walk through some of that. But, man, it's hard. There's just hard days. There's, there's late nights of just counseling people. Um, man, man you, you, you have these people come to church, and, and they come here, and they hear the gospel, and they, they seem really excited. And they're like, this is what I need. Like, my life's a mess, and I need, I need to be in this community. I need, I need to keep coming. And then they never come back. And that is so hard because you're just like, man, like, like, it's not about being in church, but it's about being surrounded by God's people. It's about positioning yourself under the waterfall of his grace and just hearing his word and being loved and cared for by his people. And they just, they, 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 they want that, but then they go back home on the week and so, whatever happens, they just never come back. And man, that, it's agonizing because you know what's, what they need. Like, they need Jesus and they knew that for a second and then they lost it. And it's agonizing. It's a struggle, and so, man, like I'm just, I'm just, just here. I'm not, I'm not. I don't want you guys here. I'm complaining. I love what I do, like Paul says here. Like my, my heart is knit together with the people of Spruce Pine. Like I, I'm not going anywhere unless God like specifically comes down and says you need to move to somewhere else. Like this is where I want to be. I want to be here with you guys. I want to be here with the, with, with the people of this area. And so I'm not complaining, like, I love it, but it is hard. It's a struggle. And when you guys find yourselves, last week we talked about ministry, when you guys find yourselves really entering into ministry and loving people well, it's going to be hard. There's going to be times where you keep, this, this person keeps coming to you over and over and over again with the same problems, and you're, like, sharing with them the gospel, and they're like, okay, yeah. And then, like, you don't hear from them ever again. They come back up two months later, and they're like, this it happened again. And they're like, is this the gospel. Like, and, like, It's hard. And it's agonizing because you have this love for these people. And so, man, I'm just asking, like, would you pray for me? Would you, I need help. Like, would you pray that God would raise up um, qualified men to, to lead his elders here? Like, I, th- my goal is not to be this guy who does this alone. Like, I want uh, a team of elders who loves this church well and cares for this church. And so, uh, we're not there yet. We're, we're making some, some inroads and some strides in that area. We're partnering with some some, some churches and trying to figure out what does this look like for us to, to raise up qualified men to be elders. But I just, like, would you pray for that? Like, would you join me and just pray, God, like, would you raise up some men here who love Christ, who are qualified to lead his people and would help, help me lead? Because it's not, it's not easy, it's hard, and I need help. I need help a lot sometimes. But that's, he doesn't, he, I'm not complaining. Paul's not saying this to complain. What is he says? He says this, that their hearts may be encouraged, that their hearts may be encouraged. So I just want, like Paul, I just want to encourage you guys um, that, man, like th- like the stuff that's happening, you may not see it all the time, but the stuff that's happening here at the Grove is, is really awesome. Like God's really at work here in some people's lives, like we're seeing, uh, and, and, and so things get messy, right? So when we first started the Grove, um, we had this, uh, we had a, like our, our first like home group kind of thing, and, and we're meeting at different people's houses every Sunday night, and uh, man, it got messy quick. Like, when you have, like, just man after man just confess porn addictions at, at, at dinner, um, like, five nights in a row, different men, like, it just gets messy. Like, wives are crying, men are crying. Um, you're trying to, like, how does this, how do we get this marriage put back together? Like, how do we get him to, to let go of that addiction and, and to run to Christ? Like, it's hard and it's messy, but, man, it is awesome. It is awesome when, when men come to a point where they, they confess things like that instead of just being caught in things like that, man, God's at work. And God can be at work when men get caught too, but man, you just see this, like, there's no reason for these men to be sharing this except for they want to be freed from it. And so, man, it's, it's awesome and it's messy. I want you guys to be encouraged that God's at work here and he's moving in a way that I really think is going to transform the people here of Spruce Pine and really that his glory is just going to be shining. And so, and so, and then we want, we want to go plant other churches, like we want to plant, we don't want the grove to be like the end all, be all of, of us, our existence. Like we want to plant churches. We want to partner with some other churches. and We want to plant a church in every county in Western North Carolina that has the 828 8 area. code. That's like We want to see gospel-centered churches planted all over Western North Carolina that, that this whole region may be changed. And, and this is what God's doing. And God's, God's doing, we got, a, we got a, a guy planting church in Morganton next, or he's there right now. He's about ready to launch launch home groups. He's kind of doing it a little bit different than we are. He's going to launch home groups, and then once he has some home groups, they call them missional communities, but it's like similar to what we do. They're going to come together on Sundays once they have a few of those launched. And it's, man, it's awesome. He, so he's got, he's got, they has got one right now, and they're looking to launch some more this fall. Um, and so it's just, it's just great. Like, so God's at work here, and, w- and, and I want you guys to be encouraged and know what God is doing because I know you guys don't get to see it all the time. And then he says that their hearts may be knit together love. Now, I don't know a whole lot about knitting, but I did some Googling and, um, and some YouTube. And uh, basically, the, the premise of knitting is when you take like two things, like two fibers or two, str- you know, strings or, or yarn or something, and you, you weave them together to make one thing, okay? That's the idea of knitting as far as I can tell. Um, is, that, is that what you do when you knit? And so, there's this idea that Paul sings that their hearts separate things, separate hearts are being woven together in such a way that they become one. And this isn't just like a, uh, a husband and a wife thing. This is the church. The church's hearts being knit together in such a way where they become one. That there's this unity among the church. That, that we're not or, uh, qu- quarrelsome uh, and we're not, we're not just squabbling over, over non-essentials. Um, and so, so we, 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 sometimes we partner with some churches that look nothing like us um, that they, they do things a lot different than us. Um, they focus on some things that we, we wouldn't focus on, um, but, but, but we believe that they, that they love Jesus, and so we partner with them. We're not going to quarrel over some things that are, that are non-essential. So we partner with these other churches in our area that look nothing like us. They, 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 we, would, we would probably butt heads sometimes, but we come together in unity because there's diversity in the body of Christ, but there's unity. Not, not uniformity. If, if we were looking for uniformity, we wouldn't, with today's technology, we would just need like, like two pastors for the whole United States and they could just preach and we could get it all on our computers and everyone could look the same way and every church just meet together and have the same, the same uh, you know, style of worship. Like, we're not looking for that. We're not looking for uniformity. But we're looking for unity where we, we, we agree on the essential things that Christ is, is God and that he came and that he died, that the, the, the Bible is the word of God, that it's sufficient for us, we're, we're, we're looking for unity on the essential things. And so we're looking for unity in such a way, but also diversity, where we're different. Everyone's different. E- even inside like this single body of believers, we're looking for diversity. We want people from different backgrounds. That doesn't stop us from loving one another. I mean, we have people here who who have have had, he- you know, uh, lives where they just grew up in church and they they don't remember a time where they didn't know who Jesus was and they just love Christ and that's awesome sometimes they're like a little frustrated they don't have a cooler testimony and I'm like really like you want to have done drugs a bunch like is that what you really want like like you have a great story like it's a cool story like I'm hoping that's Elium, Siloam, and Valor's story like I don't want them to like go out and do crazy stuff and then find God like it'd be awesome if they just did it today but then we have other people who, who, who grew up in can, in wildly different backgrounds. They, they didn't grow up in church. Or maybe they did and they laughed. and they, 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 We've had people who, who have spent time in prison, people who have spent time in other things. And, and, and so, like, and that's exactly what the gospel does. Is It takes people from all sorts of different backgrounds, socioeconomic uh, statures, and, and it brings them together and makes one people. Makes one people. Paul would say over and over again throughout some of his letters is that there's neither there's neither Jew nor Gentile, but there's we're one in Christ. And so, when it comes to to diversity, um, and, and 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 things like that, like it, that's a gospel issue. And so, we live in an age where where there there is um, uh, a lot of talk about different things. Uh, talk about social justice, talk about racial reconciliation and all these things, and, and, and there, there's some people who would say that's not a gospel issue, like let's focus on the gospel, but, but when it comes to racial racial reconciliation inside the church, and there's issues inside the church when it comes to this kind of thing, when, there's, when it comes to that, that is a gospel issue. Like Paul talks about it as part of the gospel. The gospel takes people from different nationalities, different backgrounds, different colors of their skin, different. I and mean, it brings them together as one person one body like this is a gospel issue so to sort of say that it's not is to miss the point of the gospel that the gospel isn't just to save but it's to mature It's to present us mature in christ and as we mature in christ we don't see we we, we don't we don't operate under the bounds of of, of i'm only going to be with people who look like me who act like me who 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 like the same things i like but i'm going to cross those bounds because we have the one thing in common And i've said it before but to the, the, the little girl in India who, 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 who loves, who lives in an orphanage and loves Jesus, like I have more in common with her than I do my neighbor who doesn't want anything to do with Jesus, because we have him in common, and so there's, there's this unity. We're of one body, and so there's this unity among the body of believers. Paul says they be knit together in love to reach the riches of full assurance and understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. So to know Christ, the riches, to know Christ, the treasures of his word, which is in the mystery of Christ. That's, I mean, like, this is what we're looking for. We want people to know Christ, to have a full assurance. Now, was a perfect assurance? No, but to have a full assurance of who he is. We can do that. We can absolutely have a full assurance of Christ. Paul's saying that's what he's looking for, and so we want to know Christ that's why we do things the way we do in home groups that's why we do things the way here why we always talk about Jesus because that's our point is we want people to come to know him we want people to come to know who Christ is and so that's what we talk about that's who we talk about and so the question is is is, is this is this all you're getting because as much as I love what we do here on Sundays and we're not stopping we're not changing it if this is all you're getting then you're starving you don't even you don't even know you're starving like there is so much more to the Christian life than showing up here on Sundays and just hearing someone else talk about Jesus. You go to home group and you, go, you get into community, you ask questions. We live, we live in an age where no one wants to ask questions anymore. People just want to sit there in silence. But man, ask, if you don't know, ask questions. Ask someone. I know some of you guys like introverts are kind of freaking out right now about asking questions. But just get past the introvert and ask questions if you don't know. It can be one-on-one, is not being in front of a group of people, but get, like, do what you have to do to know Christ, like, because this is, this is the point of the Christian life, is to know him, and to keep knowing him, and to get to know him, and know him better, and better, and better, so you ask, man, we live, there, there is, we are really without excuse today, we have the internet, we have, uh, the, the church provides right now media, which is like the Netflix, a Bible study for anyone who wants it. Um, if you don't have an account, talk to me or Adam, and we'll, we'll write your name down, and your, your email we will make you an account. Uh, it's totally free for you. Uh, we have, so we have Right Now Media. We have, um, we have you have, just uh, so much stuff. You got books. There's just an abundance of books. If you don't know what books to read, talk to me, and we'll, we'll send you in a direction of some books to read. Because here's the thing. As much as we do have so much technology and books available to us, not everything at the Christian bookstore is good. Um, not everything online, like if you Google stuff, not everything you find on Google is gonna be good and true. Um, and so that's why it's hard. It's actually, I'm, I'm like in this point right now where like I'm not sure if I, if I can continue in, uh, using Facebook because just so often I'm just like, no, 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 please don't share that. Why are you sharing that? Like, no, 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 no stop, 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 stop. Don't, don't, don't put that out there um, because there's so much stuff is just crazy stuff is shared um, even outside of like the realms of theology and Christianity. Just like, like this morning, there was a picture of uh, our, our president Donald Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, um, in a in a in a boat, um, trying. I, th- I think the person I okay, I know the person who posted it was trying to say that the media that said this that the media is not reporting this, and it was Donald Trump in a boat uh, in like in a flood and trying to help someone out of the water. Um, but if you zoom in, what he really was doing was handing him one of those red hats that he sells. Um, but so it was actually a picture to make fun of him, but it was being shared as like. The media won't show you how much he's helping people in Hurricane Florence, even though the boat said, like, Austin, Texas on it. So, like, it was from the hurricane that hit Texas a year ago. But anyway, um, like, that's just, that's just totally Photoshopped. You can completely tell, but people are sh- So, anyway, that's just, I don't know why I'm sharing this. <laughs> uh, I saw it this morning, and I was like, no, like, why are you doing this? Um, then there's podcasts. You can listen to sermons. You can literally go to or seminary online for free. Like you don't like iTunes University, like you can just you can learn all you want to know. You can learn all you want to know. And so Paul continues, which is in Christ, verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. So, like, he doesn't want anyone, he doesn't want the church to be deluded with plausible arguments. So, like, this idea of plausible argument, we have to understand what this idea of plausible argument means, stuff that's believable, right? So, there's things out there that are believable but aren't true. So, it's not saying, like, like, if I came up here and I said, like, hey, funny thing, I know it's not in here, but just wanted you guys to know, like, Jesus, when he came to earth, he actually hopped at a UFO, like a flying saucer, and he came down to earth, and that's how he got here. They dropped him in the manger, the whole thing. Like, you guys would be like, that's not true. That's crazy. That's not plausible. It's just not plausible. Like, that didn't happen. Maybe there's someone here who th- thinks that, that might have happened, and we could talk later. It didn't. It's not, it's not true. But there are arguments people make that are, pl- like, that are believable. They're, they're believable arguments. Like, like, you talk to people, and, and being from California, you know, like, here, like, like, a lot of people believe in God, and, like, believe Jesus is God, and that everyone else is wrong, and so, but, but there's a lot of believable arguments here. But, but some of the believable arguments out there in the world— are things like, eh, we all we're all worshiping the same God. So my, my dad lives in California, um, and and he is a uh, he, he's he's going to church and he's going to Bible study. And uh, about a year ago, he asked me um, if uh, one of his friends told him that that you know Christians and Muslims they worship the same God that Allah just means God in, in in Arabic. So like it's all like they're all talking about the same thing. And he had this argument that, hey, we're all worshiping the same God. It's just we have different beliefs and stuff. And that's just like, that sounds good because it makes us all feel really good inside. Like, hey, no one's really wrong. We're all, everyone's right in their own way. Um, but then the problem with that, so it sounds, it sounds good. It sounds believable in today's age because it, we like it. But the problem with that is that, you know, um, well, besides the Bible, there is the uh, idea that every, all, all of those people typically believe the other one's wrong. And so like, It just doesn't, it doesn't really flesh out on the ground of like, hey, we all could be right, but there's this idea, and so Oprah Winfrey would say like, hey, we have this mountain, and at the top of the mountain, there's God, and there's, there's just different pathways up, there's different trails, you know, you can take the side route, you can come up, you can go straight up the mountain, or you can take switchbacks, everyone's got different trails, but it all ends up with the same destination, and that sounds good, because it makes us all feel warm and fuzzy at night, we can, we can lay our head on the pillow and just feel good, because no one's wrong, everyone's right, It's just different pathways to the same goal. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God's, God didn't just stay up on a mountain. Like, he came down the mountain and came to us. We can't go up the mountain. So this idea that everyone's just different pathways up the mountain, like, the Bible's like, no, there's, you can't, who could climb the mountain of God? No one. God came down the mountain to men. And so there's this that's the good news of the gospel, and that's why, like, we can't, we have to know Christ, and one of the reasons we have to know Christ is is, is not just so that we can get to know him better, and grow and mature, but so we wouldn't be, like, just people, man, like, because there's lots of good stuff out there, and there's lots of bad stuff out there, just so you wouldn't go to the Christian bookstore and be, like, oh, hey, look, there's a cool book, uh, Your Best Life Now, and you pick it up and read it, and it's, like, no, don't read that book, Joel Steen's a clown, like, don't, like, you don't, like, you don't want to fall into these plausible arguments of things that you could believe. And so you want to know the truth and know who God is. And so look, like we're going to believe some wrong things sometimes and we're going to hear things. We're going to listen to a podcast. We're going to be like, hey, like this sounds really good. This makes more sense than like other things I've heard. And it's going to be wrong. And so here's the thing we need to be as, as, as a group here at the Grove, as a church, is we need to be okay with people speaking into our life and saying like, hey, like, that actually doesn't line up with the Bible says. And we need to do it in love, but, but hey, that doesn't actually line up with what the Bible says. Like, he, he, here's what the Bible says, that that's not true. Here's what the Bible actually says about Jesus, actually says about God, or actually says about your heart or sin or whatever. Like, th- like we have to be okay with that. Because we live in a time, again, where it's not okay to tell someone they're wrong. Because there's no, there's no absolute truth. Like, no one can know absolutely what is true. Um, the, 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 the problem with that is that that's an absolute truth itself and so it just doesn't make any sense um, I, I became a Christian in high school and we were in this debate class um, and man I love, I love arguing uh, something God's working on to this day trying to like flesh some of it out of me um, but it's, it's, it's this uh, debate class we're talking about uh, moral relativity and so like you know is, is moral are morals relative or are they absolute um, so we started talking about absolute truth and so me and this guy Robbie uh, we were like mortal enemies in, in high school um, uh, could we just believed different things. And we were always, like, pitted against each other in debate class and, and, and uh, European history. We were pitted against each other uh, when we were, like, talking about history and stuff. And so I don't know what, why that uh, was the case, but it was. And so we're talking about moral relativity, and he says, it was funny, he said, there, there's no such thing as absolute truth. And I asked him, I said, are you absolutely sure about that? And he, like, didn't have an answer which was awesome because I won the debate. But he came back the next day. He's like, you can't, you can't argue. That's like circular logic. You can't do that. I'm like, I don't care what you call it. Like you saying that there's absolutely no absolute truth is, is claiming to have what you say no one can have. And so it starts to fall apart. And so there's plausible arguments out there we have to be able to defend against. And so we, me as a pastor and you as as as, as, as people of God, Christians need to be able to both love people and to garden uh, And so what I mean by garden well is is that we need to be able to tend to one another and we need to be able to love one another and plant the gospel and to water the gospel and to speak the gospel in each other's lives and love one another well. But We also need to be able to pull out some weeds sometime. And where you try and resist your brothers and sisters pulling out weeds is, is, is you not growing in the fullness of Christ. And so we have to be okay if our brothers and sisters come into our life and say, like, hey, like I see some areas in your life where you're believing some things that aren't true about who God is, about what the Bible says. Like I just, we, can we just talk about it? And that's a good, glorious thing to have done because not everyone can be right. And if you agree with every single thing that I say up here, then we're both wrong about some things because I'm not going to say everything perfectly there's sometimes times where I like go back and listen to my own sermons and I'm like, I cannot believe I said that. Like, I don't even believe, I don't know why. I, said, I don't even believe that. Like, why did I say it like that? So there's going to be times where I'm going to say things that aren't true. There's going to be times where uh, you're going to say things that aren't true and we have to be okay with people coming up and saying, hey, that's not actually what the Bible says. And if we're not, we're going to miss out on the truth and the goodness of God. A.W. Tozer would say it like this is what we think about when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So we want to think rightly. We want to think about the truth and think rightly. And so all this fits together. He says, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So Paul describes what he wants to see and what he's rejoicing in is that their faith is firm. So the question I posed at the beginning is how would you describe your faith? Is it on a firm foundation? Do you know Jesus? Do you have full assurance of who he is. Are you still learning about who he is? Are you doing anything to learn about who he is? Like where, how would you describe your faith? And that's a really important question to answer. How would you describe your faith? And so as we close, I'm going to recap here in just a second, but as we close, that's the thing we want to think about is how would you describe your faith? But Paul is again making the argument, as these people are bringing in other things from other religions or from, from the culture, is that Jesus is the most important thing. He is greater than all these things. It's all about Jesus. Don't try and get into other things or, or plausible arguments about who Jesus is, but just believe what we have told you. Believe the gospel, trust in the gospel, and dig deeper into the gospel. That will create unity. You'll love one another well. You'll be knit together and, I mean, unity is so important. Like, like to go back to this, we, we've, had, we've had, I've had times where people come up to me and be like, hey, like, uh, you, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Um, it may, so it's not my notes. Maybe I shouldn't do it. This is why we need, like, elders to, like, tell me when I should stop saying things. Uh, so please keep praying. But, there, so there's been times, I think this is okay. There's been times people come up to me and they say, uh, they say things like, hey, uh, you, you really need a deal. Like, God told me to tell you, which is always a great way to start a conversation with me. <laughs> Um, God told me to tell you that there's disunity in the church, and you need to, you need to fix it. And I wanted to say, like, okay, then could you go somewhere else? Like, here's me fixing it. Um, there's tons of churches here. There, go pick someone else. Um, because, like, the, the argument of, like, there's tons of disunity and getting so angry about it was, was the thing that was creating the disunity. Um, and so, yeah, let's fix it. There's, uh, there's tons of churches elsewhere. Um, so maybe I shouldn't have said that, but, we're knit together in love so we can find unity. And then like, this looks like a lot of different things. And so um, there's an example Margie wanted me to share. She told me t- I had to. She's shaking her head no. I'm going to share it though. <laughs> Is that okay? Um, yesterday, Margie asked me to go clean out um, uh, this cooler. So, I, so I'm a soccer coach uh, for under six. So it's not really, I'm a soccer coach. Um, and, uh, and we brought snacks and we brought some oranges. This was like two weeks ago. Um, and uh, I forgot that we left the oranges in the cooler. Well, the cooler doesn't say cool for two weeks, right? So um, it got hot and there's like no air. So Margie asked me to go clean it. And so I go and I open it. And um, she says they were sour oranges. They were rotten oranges. Like they were just, they weren't even orange anymore. Like they were like green and brown. Like that's not an orange. That's, sp- that's not sour. That is just disgusting. Um, and so... So um, I, uh, I, I, I threw up um, <laughs> multiple times. And uh, my wife, us being so knit together in love, she lovingly um, just l- stood there and laughed at me. The whole, that's, that's just, and I'm like in between, I'm try- like, why are you laughing? like, but it was just so messed up. Um, <clears throat> all I wanted was like a wash rag or something, and she just stood there and laughed. And, and that's actually not a good example of, <laughs> of being knit together in love. But you can see, you can see how we could be knit together. Like if Margie would have helped me out or like, she doesn't have a gag reflex, which I think is dangerous, but she doesn't have one. Like this would have been a good thing. You're talking about like division of labor in the household. It would have been a good thing for her to do, but she asked me to do it. Um, and so and there's tons of stories where that's happened. And like, I feel like 10 years she should learn, but. Uh, I keep trying. Like my wife's like, hey, go do something. I'm like, I'm going to go try and do it. And it just never works out. Um, but uh, I have notes. Um, there is, so yeah, so knit together in love that we may know Christ, the mystery of God, which is Christ. It's not, it's, not hi- it's not hidden from us anymore, but it's been revealed to us. And in that mystery is all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ is all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, how would you describe your faith? Are you strengthening your faith? Is your faith strengthened? Or are you just here on Sundays and starving the rest of the week without even knowing it? How would you describe your faith? So as we close, we're gonna we're going to uh, sing together um, and we'll we'll sing in response. But the, the thing I want you to think about as you're as you're singing, um, is just is just think about that and respond to God, like God, like like God, like would you, because here's the thing, is you going out and trying harder is not gonna strengthen your faith. God is gonna strengthen your faith. Faith is a gift from God. And so, the, so the, qu- the response to God is, is if your faith needs to be strengthened, is to ask God to strengthen your faith. God, would you please strengthen my faith? And then you wait on the Lord. And as you wait, you position yourself among the people of God and under the waterfall of his grace, and you just, you just keep coming, you keep being a part of home root, part of community, and keep asking God to strengthen your faith. Keep asking questions, keep pursuing and leaning into Him until He responds. And then you do it for, then you do it because you really want to, not because you want to want to, but now you want to. And so if you're just here and you want to want to have faith, ask God for it. Ask God for the faith. So for, for the Christians as we sing, um, you can come up to the table. Um, and, and, and partake in, in communion. Uh, and this, so this is, for, this is for Christians in response to just thanking God for His faith and knowing Christ through the cross, death uh, and, uh, and, and burial and resurrection of Christ, you come up and you, you eat from the, eat the bread and and, 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 you eat and you drink the wine or the juice. Um, and, and that's just in response and thankfulness and with thanksgiving in our heart, saying God, thank you for coming, for coming down that mountain, not staying up there, trying for us to figure out which ways up but for coming down to us and saving us and rescuing us. We can't rescue ourselves. We can't, dead men can't climb mountains. But as we'll learn next week, Christ has come down the mountain to make us alive. And so we want to respond with that with Thanksgiving. If you're not a Christian here today, then we just ask that you just, you can stand up, you can sit down, you can do whatever you want, but the table is for those who believe. Uh, It's not because we want to alienate you or ostracize you. It's just because it doesn't make sense to to symbolically um, come and partake in something that you don't believe in. Um, and so, so that's for the Christian, um, and so, so please, please don't partake if you're not a believer, but for those who, who, who have questions, um, and want to ask, I'll be over here, off to the side, you can come, even while the songs, uh, while everyone's singing, you can come ask questions, or if you need prayer, I'll be off to the side over here in front of the coffee, Um, but let me, let me close us in prayer, and then we'll sing together. Father, I, I thank you so much, God, for, for, for Colossians. I, I'm really enjoying uh, this, this series, Lord, just studying for it, Lord, you're, really working in my life, God, and I, my, my heart's encouraged, and and my faith is being strengthened through just hearing the God, Paul's gospel to the Colossians, God. So, Lord, I thank you for coming down the mountain and rescuing us. Lord, I pray that that, that thought that you've served us would free us up to serve others, that the, that the, the reality of you coming down um, to us would strengthen our faith in you, and that we want to know you more both so we could become more and more like Christ and so we could defend ourselves and guard ourselves from weeds popping up in our garden, Lord. And we can guard ourselves from these plausible arguments and keep ourselves um, knowing Christ and knowing the truth. God, so I thank you for what you're doing here at the Grove. I, God, I pray for our, our community and our region, Lord, that you continue to, to make your glory known to the people around here and that the, the glory of, the, of, you, of you, your glory Would cover this region like the waters cover the sea, Lord God. So thank you. I pray this in Your Son Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys.